From the Financial Times in London, I'm Martin Arnold, Banking Editor, and this is FT News. Monte de Paschi di Siena, the world's oldest bank and one of Europe's most troubled lenders, has announced a new restructuring plan aimed at returning the bank to profitability and helping it to raise some 5 billion euros of fresh capital. Joining me to discuss the plan are Filippo Aloati from Hermes Investment Management and Christopher Thompson, a Lex writer at the FT. Chris, what have you made of the announcements this morning? Well, the first thing to say is that the market reaction has been fairly indicative of the sentiment surrounding this bank. Shares initially rallied by around a fifth up to this announcement, and they've been at some point down by the equivalent amount since it was announced. So the fact is, is that the new CEO, through no fault of his own, his success and the success of this plan is in a large part going to be governed by events completely beyond his control. And that is because in addition to this business plan, its success rests upon hiving off this 25 billion or thereabouts portion of bad loans that have been weighing on Monte de Paschke for some while. And they need to raise, as you say, 5 billion in new equity. And that's in addition to the 10 to 12 billion they've actually raised in new equity since the financial crisis. I think the new business plan, if you can get rid of that overhang on Monte de Paschke's balance sheet, then investors can have more confidence in the asset side of what the bank holds and the profits it's able to generate going forward. It's worth mentioning that since 2013, pre-provision income, i.e. before loan losses, has actually been going up year on year. And at the same time, expenses have been, albeit slowly, decreasing. So again, getting rid of the loan losses is key to unlocking the profitability in Monte de Paschke. There's also a political risk in all of this because this plan is being launched and is expected to be put into action at the same time as Italy's having a referendum on constitutional reform and the Prime Minister, Matteo Renzi, could resign over that if it goes the wrong way. That's right, and Italy potentially being plunged back into recession with all the dire consequences that entails for Eurozone economic growth and so forth. So it's worth mentioning that Monty Paschke's troubles have coincided with two or even three over the last five years, fairly brutal recessions for Italy. It has been climbing out of that, and growth, while not great, is respectable by relative standards in the Eurozone. If that reverses because Renzi has to go, then again, the success of any business rescue plan will be thrown into doubt. Finally, Chris, some analysts have been a bit sceptical, not least because this is a bank that's made more than 15 billion euros of total losses over the past six years. And it's got a market capitalization of about a billion euros and it's trying to raise five billion euros. So the task ahead is huge. But the plan that the new management has come out on seems to be based on growth. It's based on loan growth and they're planning to grow the overall loan book by several percentage points. I mean, in a very low or negative interest rate environment and a very low economic growth environment, that's ambitious, isn't it? It is ambitious. I mean, I think what it requires is the assumption that they can reverse recent trends because gross lending has been falling over the last few years, year on year. And if you take into account the provisions, net lending has been falling even steeper. So it would require a reversal of that if Renzi stays in office, if the Italian economy continues to improve 
maybe that's doable. But again, there are lots of different pieces to the jigsaw which have to slot into place for this bank to deliver the type of double-digit return on equity which it's targeting over the next three years. Thanks, Chris. And now turning to you, Filippo, what's your reaction to, in particular, the plan for swapping some of the bonds into equity? As a credit analyst, how do you see that? And do you think that will be attractive to a lot of the bond investors? In terms of the uh, recapitalization of the bank, I guess that's so this uh, LME bond buyback angle it was expected because with some news in the last weeks and months. I think it's interesting, and, and together with this, it's important that now they have a part of the shares for sale will be earmarked for a large anchor investor, which also been in the press over the last few days and weeks. And as for the technicality of the liability management exercise, we know it's a voluntary in the sense that you can expect a decent premium in order for the exchange to succeed. And then also it will be mandatory applied to subscribe new shares. So there is actually an interesting dynamic because there is some overlap between the bond holders and the equity holders in the sense that the lower the price to book value at which the bonds are exchanged, then the higher the chance that the bond holder end up uh, to some extent owning the banks. So from the bond holder perspective, they got an equity investment angle as well, as long as the exchange is done at a very low uh, price to book value. Does that mean you think the bondholders are likely to welcome this exchange into equity, this voluntary offer to swap their bonds for shares in the bank because they could end up controlling it? Yeah, exactly. You could end up controlling it. I guess that's so there is uh, basically two motivations. The first one is uh, just to get out of a decent premium because even though then they have mandatory to subscribe the new share, this can be technically done through a trust uh, mechanism by which the bondholder really don't get the hands on the equity, but they sell the equity in the open market once the transaction is concluded. On the other side, there could be an equity appreciation angle because if they think so that the bank can really reach the target as highlighted in the business plan of, uh, I think, 11% return on tangible equity, then arguably if it is done a relatively low price to book value, say 0.2, we will see when the details are disclosed before the EGM on the 24th of November, then it could be also provided, of course, so all the different pieces of this recap plan goes according to the design, then it could be also an equity uptick on, on this. There are a lot of moving parts here, and you throw into that all the political uncertainty around the referendum. There's a high risk to this strategy, isn't there? Yeah, I think so. To, to begin with, the strategy was, uh, to some extent, high risk, high reward since the beginning, since they um, performed badly during the EBA stress test last August. And um, I guess to some extent, so the discussion has advanced in the sense that we've gone from a right issue of $5 billion to a capital increase or capital plan, I would call it, entailing this bond buyback program, which I think, in theory, should make the transaction more uh, doable because uh, arguably a right issue of $5 billion for a bank like Montel, so with the checkered track record, was very difficult to sell. With a market capitalization of only €1 billion, Euros, or roughly, exactly. raising $5 billion through a rights issue was always going to be nigh on impossible. So swapping the bonds into equity is more doable, you think, but it's still risky. It's still risky, but it's more doable. And also, we have to think that the subordinate bonds of Monte amounts to something like Euro 5.2 or 5.3 billion. So, in theory, you could cover the capital gap by using the bond holders. Yeah. 
What about the retail investors, just finally, because in the past, some of these debt restructurings that other Italian banks have done have ended up with losses being imposed on retail investors, which has hit pensioners in particular, who've invested a lot of their savings into these bank bonds. And those retail investors have been badly hit. And that's been politically very difficult to stomach. Is that likely to be a theme in this restructuring? It could be, yes, because if you remember, so the four uh, bad banks, uh, they were resolved uh, back in November last year. They were very minimal in terms of uh, total market because they only had 1% of the uh, total deposit market in Italy, but they caused an appeal in the market. And then, of course, so here we're talking about probably 2 billion euro in terms of the tranche originally on, I should say, because some of these bonds, they found their way into the capital market. Then it's 2 billion. It's a big chunk of the... Um, by retail investors. Exactly. So I guess that's so here it's a trade-off between uh, offering these guys something in order to smooth the transaction and at the same time make them aware that in case this plan doesn't fly, then uh, there's potentially more trouble ahead. Okay, Filippo, thank you very much for joining us and, and talking us through what seems like a very high-risk strategy, but with high stakes, I guess the bank has very little choice. If you enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy the FT's Banking Weekly You can find this every Tuesday at ft.com slash podcast. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.